You guys are awesome. Amen. Love you. Love you. Get, you, get, you guys be seated. You know, here, here, I don't know how many years ago we made a connection. We, we started building a friendship. And, uh, but in, in the last year or two, uh, you know, uh, Scotty and I have just been investing a little bit more into each other than before and growing this thing. And I can't tell you how pleased I am to, to, to share this relationship with you. And, you know, uh, the fact is, is that God's got a word for you tonight, and he's about ready to blow up your, you know, anything that you think is normal. Just, would, you just, would, you, would you just take normal and put it back to the back for a little while? Because what we want to be tonight is, uh, you know, what, well, what I'm believing for you is that you're going to have um, not just a moment, but a beautiful moment. Okay, and beautiful, not, you know, it, chicks think that they own the word beautiful, and that's just sad because you guys got it all wrong. You think, that, you think that if something's beautiful that it has to look a certain way, but the word beautiful means something that's extraordinary of its kind. It's not normal in thought, and it's not normal in speech. It's different than anything else. It's beautiful. It's set apart, and God's got a moment for you, and it's in this place tonight, and you're about ready to have a collision with a beautiful moment. Would you give it up for Scotty Gourlay as he comes to share the Word of God with you tonight? Hey, you guys! Anybody love Jesus tonight with all your heart? Come on, give it up for the Lord if you love him with all that you are. Come on. We love you, Jesus. Well, high five somebody and say you look good. Come on, reach back behind you and stick your hand out there and say you look good too. Come on, back behind you. You look wonderful. Well, it's good to be back again. And uh, last time I was here, we had had a storm, and uh, we had a great time in here. And our building is all restored. Come on, somebody give the Lord a clap and a shout, and thank you so much for being a blessing, and you helped us literally, and I know you know that, and we could not have done it without you and Jesus, and uh, because our, our God is a good God. Well, I've been married 34 years. No, you can cheer a little bit louder than that. That's a big deal. 65% of my senior class is divorced. A third of it is dead. I don't know whether they're in heaven or in hell. But uh, I went back for my 30th reunion and got to pray at everything and lay hands on everybody from the baseball game to everything they were doing. Come on, somebody. I got most changed. Come on. Because y'all know my story. I got most changed. I got an award in a plaque that they said uh, uh, it was an award about can't believe you're still married. Because <laughs> I was crazy. And uh, some of you know my story. And uh, my mom was married five times. And uh, then she had two live-ins that she wasn't married to. And seven total dads. And I didn't have a dad to really teach me how to be a dad. And some of you know my story. In my high school years, I was a party animal, but I was a jock. And everyone knew me because I did crazy things like, you know, I'm from Roswell, New Mexico. Come on, somebody. That tells you a little bit about me. I, you know, where the aliens are. I've never seen one, but they taste like chicken. 
But I did streak through my hometown with the Institute, and I got shot by BB guns. Come on, somebody. You can laugh. That's funny. And, uh, but my life was like that. I was the life of the party. I was the guy that would, uh, would take all of his clothes off and jump off of a house into a pool. And that was funny, too. I'm not... I was crazy. Someone say you were crazy. I was a hoe. And Jesus filled my soul. And I ain't a hoe no more. I'm going to say that again for... Because there's no religious people here. But if you're religious, this will mess you up tonight. I was a hoe, and I'm not talking about a ground-moving instrument. Come on. And Jesus filled the hole in my soul, and I ain't a hoe no more. And uh, amen. Our church does reach pole dancers, but they ain't hoes no more either. They were dancing on the pole, but they don't dance on the pole no more. Last year, we had 17 ex-pole dancers. This year so far, 23 ex-pole dancers. Come on, somebody. I don't go and reach them. Somebody say, praise the Lord. I don't go in there and reach them, but our ladies, our young moms, go in and reach. You know, Jesus said, and the, gosp- uh, the Gospels are really clear, that we need to be- become all things to all men, the Apostle Paul said, uh, to, in order to reach some. How many of you want to reach some people? I-, I see about 29 hands. How many of you want to reach some people with your life? And so that's what we're doing in Tucson. Last year, we had 165 people set free from crack, meth, cocaine, and heroin. That's a big deal. This year, since Easter, we have had 157 salvations in Tucson, Arizona, and our church is partially your fruit. Come on, somebody. Because when the, when the storm blew the roof off, when the storm blew the roof off, Pastor Tom and leaders here, thank you for helping. So the fruit that's happening since we've been back in has been insane. So we had almost 1,400 people on Easter Sunday, not counting children, almost 390 children separate from the adults, and we had a ton of salvations, and God is moving in Tucson, Arizona. It's hot in Tucson, Arizona. It was nice here. The devil lives in Tucson, Arizona right now. 116, 117 in Tucson, and 200, 200, 121, and 122 in Phoenix. Just trying to give you a little update. It's hot there. It's hot. Someone say, that's hot. You can really cook cookies on your dash, on a sheet, on a pan. I am very excited to be here tonight and tomorrow. Pastor took me for a ride by the river today. I didn't want to leave. I've never been your whole river down to Hermiston. How many of you ever been down that river way? And you're like, ah, it's okay. For me, I was like, God, this is wonderful. You can ask Todd. I was shouting, holding up my hand. They probably thought I was going to wreck that motorcycle. I was having so much fun. It's good to be in Oregon. How many of you love your pastor and his awesome, awesome bride? My friend. He's my friend. They're my friends. And uh, come on, how many of you love your pastor? Yes! Got to have a pastor, and in case you face a disaster, and even if you don't face a disaster, your life will go faster and stronger if you have a pastor, and uh, Pastor Marlando and Megan are here tonight. Can you stand up and wave at everybody? Come on, stand up. 
Megan Marlando. Marlando is my friend of 400 years, I think, right now. I think I came to every invasion, and uh, so good to be here. Are you guys ready for the word? A uh, little bit more. I have eight grandbabies now. Well, I didn't have them, but I have eight grandchildren. All my three full-grown adults are married, and uh, uh, the, the oldest, uh, one of my kids, Brandon, has been married almost 10 or 11 years. Rochelle, my daughter, just won uh, Mrs. Arizona, and she, was, she won America's Sweetheart after she was runner-up twice for MISS, and now she won MRS, and she is going to go to the big one in Las Vegas next month, so... Uh, we're praying that she wins so she can represent the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. Help, help me believe that. She wasn't raised in pageants, but God told her to do it, and she was 18 years old as a senior, and she wore her prom dress. And she competed in Dallas, Texas, and won against 50 women. And then she went to Miss Texas as a senior in high school, 18 years old, and she placed in the top 10 and she won swimsuit health and fitness, which is unheard of for an alpha girl, beginning girl. Then she kept doing it, went to college, did, did college funds. But her platform, Marlando knows, and Pastor Tom, her platform was purity and abstinence. She waited, come on somebody, she waited to kiss her, her man, Big Joe, my son-in-law, uh, till the, her wedding day. And she got married when she was 26 years old. She lived with me until she found that right person, and she did it right. So her platform was that, and she kept getting runner-up. She won Miss Tucson twice. She went, got runner-up, got runner-up. Then she went to Hoopston, Illinois, and all the first runner-ups compete. I'm so proud of my daughter. I hope she's supposed to be watching. Can you guys give her a big shout and a big clap and a big praise? We're proud of you, Rochelle. And uh, she went, and all the runner-ups, Dominican Republic, uh, Alaska, Hawaii, all, all the states were represented. And she got down to the last moment, and she won runner-up so much that, uh, except for Miss Tucson twice, that she was there. And when they announced her name, she started congratulating the other girl. <laughs> and this guy got convertible Corvettes, had them hauled in on the big trucks, and the girls got to ride and wave, and he just honored the first runner-ups, and for 18 years, they've been doing that first runner-up pageant. God told her when she was six that she would go to Miss America, but she didn't know how God was going to get her there, and the girl's like, Rochelle, you won. They called your name, and she's like, what? And she won the runner-ups pageant. Come on, somebody. It's called America's Sweet. There's a purpose for all of this. It's called the, it's called the America's Sweetheart. Well, they called her, brought her to Miss America. She, they recognized her as the winner of the America's Sweetheart. She became America's Sweetheart for a whole year. Come on, somebody. Isn't that awesome? And, uh, and now she, and then when that was over, she went into Trump's system, which is Miss USA. And she won Tucson, and then she went back up to Phoenix, and guess what she got? Runner-up. And she's like, I'm done. And uh, so now she went, and she did MRS, married, and she won Tucson, and then she won Arizona. And God may give her that dream, this dream that she's been dreaming since she was six years old. We didn't put her on the show on TV. This part of the message. I hope it's okay. We didn't put her on TV with the crazy moms. Come on, somebody. You've seen that pageant show, right? Kids with makeup 
and they're six and they look 25. Come on, somebody. With fake eyelashes. She never did that. It didn't start till later in her prom dress. And she represented in her high school. She goes to colleges and camps, sings like an angel, does our worship. This time, uh, she was in the bathroom getting ready for bed at night. And she was crying to God because the lady called her and said, you need to run for Miss Tucson and then we want you to go to Miss Arizona. And she told him, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. And she was praying. And she told God uh, in the tub, she said, God, you're going to have to speak to my husband. Because I don't know that I want to do this anymore. The first runners-up club is done. Come on, somebody. And uh, she gets out. She gets out of the bathroom. They're getting ready for bed. She walks out. He's in his shop. So there's no way he's in there work. He paints guns and does that coat and all that stuff. There's no way he could hear her crying in the bathroom. He didn't hear her. She came out, sat down. Exactly five minutes, six minutes, Joe looked at her and he said, God spoke to me when I was out in the shop and he told me that you need to go for Mrs. Arizona. And she started crying. And she said, why are you saying that? He goes, because I believe Abby, my only, my granddaughter, who's five and a half, that our daughter needs to see when she's a teenager and having maybe uh, boy troubles or going to college or having to make a choice to live like you lived or can I go to college and I don't have college fund, whatever she's facing, finances for college, I want my daughter to know that her mom never gave up on her dreams. So I came to talk to you tonight briefly about never giving up on your dreams. And I told, and I told my daughter, I said, I said, you know what, Rochelle, I, I, I've never read a book, written a book and Marlano knows I've been threatening to write a book for years and uh, I haven't done it in all 34 years of marriage and ministry. I told my daughter, I'm going to help you. We're going to finance. You need to write a book about being a princess. You need to write a book. You need to write a book about your dreams, about destiny. You need to write a book about not giving up and I'll help you to do that. And we have the images of her. I wish I had them here with me so they could put them up of that moment every time making top 10 top five and then you know that disappointment of 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 being first runner-up being first runner-up being first runner-up but taking Tucson and competing in Dallas against 67 women the biggest pageant in America besides Miss America is the Texas pageant the Miss Texas has more Miss Americas than any state And she was 18, she was a senior, she wore her prom dress, and she placed, she placed and got into the top. It was unheard of, going after her dream. You and I sometimes feel like we are, I hope this is okay tonight, someone say this with me, I'm not first runner-up. Someone look at someone and say, you ain't first runner-up either. Someone look at someone and say, Jesus loves you. Come on, say it with some passion. Jesus loves you. Come on, reach back behind your back like that. Say he loves you too. Come on, slap them five. Come on, can't y'all reach back and look forward? God is so good, and he loves us. He cares about us. He cares, he cares about you. He cares about me. And uh, God has a plan. And I didn't come here to preach about pageants. But I'll come here and tell you this, something's going to happen next month in August for my daughter. I believe it. I believe that God's going to do something whether she wins or not. 
But what it takes to go after your dream, I want your title in your notes, don't be lazy. <laughs> Someone say laziness. laziness. See, no one wants to say it, just say laziness. laziness. Someone say don't be lazy. Laziness. Christians and lazy are not synonymous terms. They don't go together. They don't, they don't fit together. Someone say, I'm not going to be lazy. Not going to be lazy. Don't be lazy. You have a church that it doesn't look like you're lazy. It doesn't feel like you're lazy. Your worship team's not lazy. I need some help up in here tonight. They get here early. They get ready. The interns, they weren't lazy. But sometimes we all fight with, my daughter is the least lazy person that I know. She goes after her dream. My wife works for the school district in Tucson, 15 years. She's watching, too, if, uh, live stream or whatever y'all do, or Facebook. Can you guys say hi? You scream at my wife. Say hi, ja hi Jamie. Or maybe it's a follow-up thing, and i got to tell her where to go, but she said she was going to try to get on. Don't be lazy. Did Jesus really come to save you and then follow it up? with do nothing? Did Jesus really come to save you and me, Scotty Gurley, Pastor Tom, Marlando, all you guys, the leaders, the workers, the helpers, did he really die on the cross for you and I to follow it up with do nothing? Oh my God, I'll come down here like last time I was here. How many of you love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength? It is so easy to get lazy. I'm a pastor, and it's nothing lazy about it, but we want life to be easy. We want Christianity to be easy. We don't want the tests. We don't want the trials. We don't want the pain. We don't want anything that, that is going to produce pressure, and, and people will even avoid the pressure, the push that happens for us to, I'm convinced that people cannot grow without the trials and the tests and the tribulation. Come on, somebody. Somebody say he's preaching really good right now. I'm just starting. You are not first runner-up. God loves you completely. He loves you like crazy. He loves you. I said he loves you like crazy. How many of you are glad God loves you? And his love is unconditional, but his approval is not. His approval of you and I is not unconditional. His approval is with conditions. He does not approve of how you and I think when we think wrong. Grace is not a license to sin. Someone say, oh yeah, come on somebody. It's not a license to sin. His love is unconditional. His grace is unconditional. But his approval is not. His approval is conditional. Like we get saved, we get born again, and then if we're living like hell and expecting to... It's quiet in here, and that's okay. I'm going to keep going, all right? So if we think we can live like hell and expect to inherit heaven, you're wrong. I'm wrong. If you can, it, it's listed out by Paul. Those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. 
Liar is in there. Come on, somebody. Adultery is in there. Malice is in there. Strife is in there. All kinds of stuff is in there. Anger is in there. If we sin in our anger and, and, and lifestyles that, that people live, it's all in there. And he says, those who work such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So there are still standards. There, are y'all tracking with me? Is this okay? There are still guidelines. You know that little DMV manual that you went to go learn to drive your car? The ARS manual, if there are any cops in here, I have like 29 cops in my church. The ARS, the big manuals are three and they're this big for what happens with accidents in this city. Their books are this big to prove where your car was and what the laws are. But the DMV in your state, I don't know if you call it DMV, Department of Motor, I didn't know if you called it something else here, but the DMV gives you a manual that's thinner than my pinky tip of my finger, because they, they believe if you can live, if you can learn and live and drive the little manual like this, that the roads will be somewhat safe. And God broke down the law like the DMV manual. Come on, somebody help me out. Not, not over a thousand points of the law and the extended points and the way that they practice all this stuff beyond the ten. But they are not the Ten Suggestions. They are the Ten Commandments. I need somebody in here with me right now. And the world, there is too much of the world in the church. Too much of culture of the world has crept into the church. And, and we want people from the world to come in. But I'm talking about how the churches are being run. Just uh, do an hour service, hour and 15 minutes max. I was told by major movers and shakers, uh, cut out talking about the Holy Ghost. Don't do prayer lines. Don't, don't, don't lay hands on people. Get your service done an hour and 10, hour and 15. Do not talk about tongues and the gifts at all. Basically, X the Holy Spirit out of your service, and your services will grow. And they, they will explode if you don't do that. And I'm like, well, then my service, my church is going to be what it is right now. And then when my kids take over, they'll just blow it up. Come on, somebody. We don't cut the Holy Spirit. And, and so we, we get lazy as believers, even in our prayer life, even in our praying with the Spirit, even in our gifts and our, someone's tracking with me tonight, even with our gifts and our talents, you, we get lazy with it. And we know what the Bible says about the talents. We either multiply them or we bury them. If we bury them and we talk to Jesus about it, it's going to be just like that dude said. The other two multiplied it and they were, they were called uh, faithful servants. They did good. The other guy was called a wicked servant. Because I gave you this talent, and you buried it, and you hid it. He said, but Lord, I knew you were a hard master. And he just dealt with him for burying his talents. And God doesn't want you to bury your... You know what God wants for uh, Marlando's Church, Word of Faith Center? You know what God wants for the garden? You know what God wants for uh, all churches in this city that love Jesus? Come on, somebody. We're a part of the kingdom. Only unfulfilled, unfulfilled prayer by Jesus is John 17, 21 through 23. It's the only unanswered, unfulfilled prayer where Jesus tells his dad, these that you gave me, I present to you. Protect them from Satan as you have me. These I present to you that they may be one. The problem is in the body of Christ since then and now, we are not one. Oh my God. 
We are not happy with each other. We are fighting across the hallway with the Baptists and the Methodists and the Lutheran. That prayer is still unanswered. It was accomplished by Jesus, but he put it to his father and said, take care of them. Do with them what you did with me. I present them to you. You gave them to me, and now I give them to you. Let them be one with you as you and I are one. And you know what? Come on, somebody give the Lord a clap and a shout. There are churches trying to be, and they try to get together with little unity events, and little unity events don't work. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of God, but there's all these fractures and all these divisions and all this pain and all this shame and all this stuff that has happened, and it is solely comes back to laziness. That prayer will be fulfilled. It will be fulfilled when the lazy body of Christ gets persecuted in America like never before. And let me tell you something. These little baby millennials that cry when a president loses and another president wins, you millennials in here, you better raise up, get your face out of your iPhone and take a look at what's going on. Because one day, technology will, one day, technology will fail. One day, you better have a Bible. You better get 66 books and oh so fresh. It's all yelling about God's righteousness. It's 100 proof jam. It's not a scam. It's not a flick. It's not a tick. It's just the blood of the lamb. Always and forever, it'll be, oh, come on, somebody. His precious name gets you a Bible. Millennials that cry and are babies, I can't believe Obama's out and Trump is in. I can't go to school. Come on. Laziness. I can't study because the president is... Ah! I can't make the grade. Ah! I can't go to school. Ah! And then there are other in the millennial generation that sign up for the military and put their life on the line. And are first responders because they're not lazy. I tell you where I'm going to be if ISIS raises its head in America. I'm going to be standing by a bunch of hardcore bikers, period. Come on, somebody. And cops and sheriffs that aren't lazy. Someone shout with me. I'm not going to be lazy. I came here on a mission because your pastor, your pastor is excited. He didn't tell me what to preach. I'm like, how can I help? He goes, man, I trust the Holy Ghost in you. You just do what you do. Like last time you were here, you And I said, all right then. So I'm on a mission. We get lazy with our bills. Oh, my checks keep bouncing. Oh, I, I can't. My checkbook. Oh, eh, eh, oh, it's not the bank's fault. It's your fault. Come on, somebody. The bankruptcy didn't happen because of anybody else. The bankruptcy happened because you were lazy and charged up the credit cards. I'm speaking the truth right now. Someone's like, oh my God, I'm not going to raise my hand. I was bankrupt. It's, praise God, you can get, oh my God. Praise God, your past is in the past and we can get back up. Jesus got up so you could get up. And after him, Whoa. My mint. 
so it doesn't happen again. <laughs> Jesus got up so you could get up. And when Jesus got up, he did something. He went and he did something. Even after he rose from the dead, he went and started appearing to 10, a dozen, 100, 200, 300, 400, and kept appearing to people and speaking to them. Stop being lazy. Jesus did not come here to die for you and I for us to do nothing. This church is growing. Saturday night, Sunday mornings. How many of you want it to explode? Then you have to explode. You have to become that believer. Remember when you got born again? You're like, oh, oh, I got to get, get, get baptized and get, I'm gonna get in the water. I'm gonna get, get filled with the Spirit. Okay, how does that happen? And what about the and what do I need to do? And, and, and people are like, use me, Pastor Tom. Would you use me? God said you would use me. Absolutely, I'll use you. Okay, start doing this, start doing that, start cleaning, vacuuming, mopping, and do this. The kids ministry and prepare food and serve food. Smile at everybody. People come and guess busy parking lot. Use me, use me. And then one day people go, I feel so used. And you ask God to use you. And then, I feel so used right now. I think, I think I need to find another church. Shut up! In the name of Jesus, I'll be nice. Be faithful. Be consistent. Be committed. What about integrity? My grandfather told me, Scotty, there's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. And he was an old Navy chief. And then he went into NASA and put up the Apollo 13 series. That's why I've done 12 youth buildings because my mind functions like an engineer. My father was an engineer, my real dad, and my grandfather. Both of them worked for NASA. My dad helped design with his friend Diebold, Diebold, the security lock safe system in the banks, and that tube that gets sucked in through the chute with your license and your deposit. My dad designed that with another brother in Diebold. That's how my mind works. My grandfather made me learn a work ethic because even though my mom, his daughter, was going through all these divorces, every summer I had to go to Virginia, 221 acres, and I had to fence that property and I was the post hole digger with a, with a bunch of brothers and some Latino guys. Every summer, I learned how to do corn. I learned how to do it all. And I got my worth et, work, work ethic. Well, that was good. That was prophetic. My worth ethic. Come on, somebody. Not just work ethic. Well, that was God. I'm going to write that down because that is, whoa, my worth ethic. Come on, somebody. My work ethic. And he taught me. He said, Scotty. And I didn't do everything that he said. I wish I would have. He painted these rocks gold like gold, and he put them in a pail, and he said, Scotty, this is your purity. This is your integrity. And as you date girls and life and good business deals or bad business deals, you'll take out that one piece of gold, and you give it away to this person and that person, your purity, your integrity. And then if you keep giving it away, you'll come down to hardly nothing. And he spilled it out with a few more rocks left that he took the time to paint gold. He said, guard your character and guard your integrity. You know what integrity was? All, all, all you guys that are older and honored age like we are. Remember when you shook somebody's hand, brother, and you shook their hand? You know what happened in the shaking of a hand? Stand up with me. You know, you know what happened when we shook hands with somebody? You look them in the eyes. 
business deal, lands, crops, flocks, herds, money, transactions through a handshake. Thanks. Give them a big shout. Come on, somebody. You know, you know what it is today? A contract this thick with arrows that are in colors that tell you where to sign with three witnesses and lawyers because people lack integrity today. Come on, somebody. Because And our Lord had character and integrity for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. He went to the cross in spite of the shame he, for the joy. Joy? Joy that was set before him. Jesus wasn't late. Oh, my. My God, he was not lazy. If you shook his hand, you knew you shook a man's hand. When you saw him, he wasn't some pale little skinny white boy with baby blue eyes and some beautiful highlight hair. Come on, somebody. He didn't walk up, hi, hi. He didn't look like that. When you saw Jesus, he had, he had croppy curly hair. He had a big nose. He had big muscles. He had a box-type face. He, he, he was olive-colored skin, and that dude, he worked with his hands all the... I need some help up in here. He worked with his hands. He made things. He rubbed that nail at, between his thumb and forefingers with anticipation, possibly of the pain. What do you think it was like when he was building something, and he had that nail in his hand? You think he was... Yeah, he was thinking about, ooh, yeah. Oh, it's on like Donkey Kong. Come on, somebody. It's coming. It's, I'm going to die for the world right there, and he worked with, with wood, and he knew he would die on a tree that the Creator created. He wasn't lazy. Jesus did not die for you and me. Give his entire life for us to do nothing. Matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and say it like this. Your job, your money, your education, my job, my money, my education, Marlando's, yours, your family, your house, your barbecue system, your kids, your pool, your education. You were given that. You have one purpose in life, one purpose, and that is to reach people for Jesus Christ. I need somebody. One. You might think it's something else. One purpose. Your whole family, everything that you are, to win souls and care about people. When was the last time you cried for somebody? When was the last time you loved your neighbors yourself? When was the last time we realized that by this will all men know, and women and boys and girls, that you are my disciple for your love for one another? I said your love for one another. At work, at school, at play, on your boat, using your boat, Come and barbecue. Use your motorcycle. Come on and ride with me. Use what you have to reach people. But no, because we're lazy. I don't care what you think. I'm going to go and deliver what God told me. Because we're, I didn't say you, getting mad at you. We're lazy. I'm going to say it again. We can be extremely lazy. Someone shout, no more. You know you're lazy, right? When you can't come overcome the demon of the french fry. Our flesh, nah, not going to work out. Nope, not going to go. No, I don't want, don't take me there. Your flesh doesn't want to work out. Your flesh doesn't want to pray. Your flesh hates it when you pray. 
Matter of fact, your flesh is supposed to be crucified, and so is mine. Luke 9.23 says, if any man or woman will be my disciple, let them first deny himself or herself and take up their cross and follow him. Your flesh hates everything that has to do with the kingdom of God. Our flesh hates prayer. Our flesh doesn't want to pray in the Holy Ghost. Our flesh doesn't want to build yourself up in your most holy faith. Jude verse, I'm preaching really good. Somebody's going to get it tonight. Your flesh doesn't want to study. Your flesh doesn't want to do anything but what the flesh wants to do. Your flesh wants to lust. Your flesh wants porn. Your flesh wants lying. Your flesh wants, don't go to church. You don't need to go to church. Worship doesn't, come on somebody. Are, Are you with me tonight? Your flesh doesn't want you worshiping. Your flesh does not want you to lift your hands and worship God, much less come running to the altar and lay on our... uh, Man, I'm just going to go in the Holy Ghost again like last time I was here. Doesn't want you up here kneeling as a man. Your flesh doesn't want you turning off the images for our minds. It's every man's battle, by the way. And don't be that woman that's like, why'd you sign up for that class? You got a problem? Come on, somebody. Don't be that wife that's like, why'd you sign up for that class? You got an issue that I need to know about? And then don't be that woman that's like, hey, you need to go to that class pastor's teaching because you need to go. You're going to go or none for a month. Come on, somebody. I don't know even what I'm talking about right there. Your flesh hates kingdom stuff. Galatians says they are contrary. The spirit and the flesh are contrary one to the other. So much so that sometimes we can't even fulfill the will of God for our lives. They, they're in such a fight for our lives and everything that we're supposed to do. And it all starts with laziness. Is this okay tonight? Are you guys doing good? Someone saying, go be lazy. Someone look at somebody and say, don't be lazy. Almost done. Lazy means this, write it in your notes. Disinclined to do work. Disinclined to do work or lack of assertion. Slow moving, sluggish. Sluggish is a word that it is sluggish. Lazy. Lazy people will fight to do nothing. Point number one, lazy. You can do points A, B, C, D, one, two, three. I'm just going to rip them out. Lazy people will fight to do nothing. Lazy people will fight to do nothing. Number two, lazy people will defend themselves and their laziness. <laughs> You get on your kids for being, what, what? You get on your kids for being lazy. I'm not being, I got this. They'll defend their laziness. You and I defend our laziness too. Laziness, number three, is selfishness. I see people taking notes. I'm just, they, I, I didn't have any notes for them. I just told them I'm going to rip some verses, get them up there. And Pastor and I and Marlando in our three churches, we try to help our people. Let's do it. You don't have the promise of tomorrow. The Bible says our life appears for a moment and it vanishes away. Boom, that fast. It comes and it goes. 
We don't have the promise of tomorrow. So we have today. And living today like this is it. I'm looking at people that love God. But he does not approve of our lazy... My, oh my God. He does not approve of our laziness. Get up. And don't just get up in the morning, but get up. Don't just get up for work. Get up. I got to go to work. Don't slap the alarm clock. Snooze button pushers. They're like drug pushers. <laughs> Hope that's okay, Pastor. Y'all got work to do. I'm going to say it again. Y'all got work to do. Marlando's got work to do. Put your hands to the plow and don't look back. Jesus said if we put our hands to the plow and look back, then we're not fit for the kingdom. And here's how Christians do it. We don't look back, but we do it like this. Christians are good at, well, I don't want to look back because the Bible said I put my hands to the plow, not look back because if I look back, I'm not fit for the kingdom. So Christians go, And they catch a glimpse. Come on, somebody. Because the world is so attractive. Can I do that on this side? Come on, somebody. Oh, the world. My friends think that I'm stupid for going to church. My friends think church is boring. This church isn't boring. Marlando's church isn't boring. Come on, somebody. Y'all bring prophetic people in, crazy people for God, and your pastor's crazy. Him and his wife are crazy people. Because to do this with people is crazy. Come on. Right? People are the problems, and I is one. Come on. Say that with me. People are the problems and I is one. Say it again. People are the problems and I is one. You is one. I got issues that produce tissues. Sometimes I'm a hot mess. Sometimes I'm a smoking hot mess. Booger crying. I don't know if I can do this anymore. God, you ripped the roof off our building. And people are losing their heads for Christianity around the world. And I'm going, it rained in our building. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Uh, and people are being beheaded and caned and beaten and imprisoned. I'm like, the roof. And the insurance fixed it all. But I'm whining and crying about it. God's all, boy, you better, you better figure this out. 34 years married, 34 years in ministry. Lazy people, you got it. Defend themselves and their laziness. Lazy people will, write this one down. Lazy people will find a way to be lazy. <laughs> if you're a business owner, you know what I'm talking about. I used to own Roto-Rooter when I was younger. I did really good. I owned it for four years when I was younger. Then I sold it and made a lot of money. Roto-Rooter. That's the name. Come on, somebody. Oh, that's Mr. Plumber. But anyway, I made troubles go down the drain. One time, we went underneath a funeral home. 
and we had our hard hats on and our, our poopy bibs. I'm a young business owner. We have five trucks. We're doing great. And uh, we went underneath this funeral home, and we get way in this tunnel, and we're waiting in human waste. And when I looked up towards the end of this tunnel, there were these holes all in these walls. And then all of a sudden, there were all these little shining eyes. One, two, three, four. I'm telling my partner, Paul, look, 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 don't move. And as your lights, as we turned our lights, there were hundreds and hundreds of rats that started to stand up. And they have little claws. And they, have, <laughs> they make these noises. And I'm like, we got to go, we got to go. And then they all started running out of these holes and tunnels and jump. They don't mind the pee-pee and the poo-poo. Come on, somebody. They're like swimming in it, climbing on us. And we're like, I'm screaming. And so is Paul. Oh, my God. Get us out of here. We got to get out of here. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I got to get out of here. And we get out. And we get out in the front. And we're screaming as we're running out. And we didn't know there's a funeral going on. <laughs> and everybody in the funeral were out on the grass right near us, and they're crying, oh my God, oh my God, and we, we're like, what happened, and the funeral director said, we don't know, the casket started moving, it was an open casket service, and then all we could hear was, get me out of here, get me out of here, nobody, true story, no, ask my wife, no, nobody was lazy getting out of that church, out of that, oh my God, people are raising from the dead. Not a lazy person. And it's just me and Paul screaming, I got to get out of here, I got to. Probably a thousand rats. No exaggeration. They were jumping on me and clawing, and I was tripping out. Oh, my God, it hurts. It scratches. It burns. Pee-pee and scratches burn. But they thought their family member was trying to get out of the casket. It's a wood floor, and our hard helmets were hitting the floor. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. You want a couple verses? Oh, by the way, write this down. <laughs> a champion is not lazy. Write that down. A champion is not lazy. Procrastination, I call these the dastard, remember cowboy days, the dastardly brothers, the dastardly cowboy riding bad guys, these are the dastardly brothers that God gave me for our church, your church, Marlando's here tonight, procrastination and laziness, they go hand in hand, you got a good idea, do it, if you don't do it, someone else will do it. How many of you have been like, I thought of that first? You're at the store and you're like, I wrote, I designed that. Well, doesn't matter. They did it. Come on, somebody. They patented it. They did it. And they're making millions. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait. Nike says, just do it. Wilson Smith is my good friend. He leads worship in Portland, Oregon at the big four square church there. Wilson Smith is the designer 
of Nike tennis shoes, and he worked in designing tennis shoes for Jordan. He sends me and Greg Johnson shoes all the time. I get some of the coolest shoes and some of the ugliest shoes. Come on, somebody. But Nike took the Greek word nikaion, and they turned it into their theme, which means not just victorious, but that you and I, the Greek word nikaion means hyper, super abundantly victorious. How many of you want to be super abundantly victorious? Come on, somebody. I want to be hyper, and I want to be super abundantly victorious. Still married 34 years later is a hyper, super abundantly victorious thing for me. Come on, somebody. And uh, at our church, your church, Marlando's church, how many of you want to just do it? Stop saying you love people and do something. Stop saying, oh, I love people, Pastor Tom and Pastor Shelby. I just love people. But you don't do anything. Work in the nursery. Work with the children. Work in the parking lot. Work your name. Come on, somebody say, work it, work it. Come on, work that. Work, work it. Work it. I hope this is ministering to somebody. This is the least lazy man, one of the least lazy men that I know. This guy is not lazy either. His kids aren't lazy. Marlando's not a lazy person. Megan's definitely not a lazy person because she climbs that mountain all the time. She looks 18 years old right now, and she lost 403 pounds since I saw her last time. I see her post, climbing the mountain again, climbing the mountain again. And then we got other ladies that are like, I can't seem to lose weight in my church. I'm like, well, what's the problem? Well, this baby weight I'm still carrying. You know what I say as their pastor? How old's your kid? Nine? <laughs> baby weight? How old's your kid? He's 12 years old now? You ain't carrying baby weight. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm not saying anything to offend anybody. I'm just saying it's just like I'm still carrying this baby weight. No, you're not. Oh, I'll stop right there, okay. I felt eyes. I'm going to get you after service, Pastor. <laughs> Don't be lazy. Oh, might have to finish tomorrow, Pastor. I'll preach something else. I don't know. Those who want to change their world will, will do it. Those who want to change their lives, they'll do it. Those who want to change will do it. Those who won't will keep compromising and they'll hit the snooze button. My, my grandpa would say, Scotty, get up off your lazy butt and do something. Except for he's an old Navy chief. He didn't use the word butt. He's, get up off your donkey. He didn't use that one either. But I'm a Christian, and Colossians 3, 8, and 9, and Ephesians 4, 28, and 29 says, not, don't let any filthy communication or profane communication come out of your mouth. So I'll go ahead and say donkey, okay? Get up off your butt and do something. I'm like, I'm, I'm doing the, all these fence poles for you all summer long. I'm doing something. No, do something with your life, Scotty. Stay married. Do what you're supposed to do with your life. I don't care how many times your mom keeps getting divorced and remarried. 
It was my grandfather. Your house, your closets, your garage, your yard, your desk. I'm speaking to all of us. Your dresser drawers, scoop the poop for the dogs, wash the dishes, help your wife with the laundry. I need some ladies to help me right there. Help with the dishes, help with the laundry, pull the weeds, mow the yard, paint the house, clean this place out. Things look the way they are because we're lazy. Someone say, I don't want to be lazy. Come on, somebody. We procrastinate in the dastardly brothers, procrastination and laziness. Things look like they do because we're lazy. I love that this church is a church of excellence. I need a big amen right there. It's beautiful. It's clean. All right. Proverbs 12, 24 says, Lazy people are in bondage. They work hard and become a lender. Be lazy and become a slave. Proverbs 12, 24. Can you put that one up there? Proverbs 12, 24. Ah, the hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful. You see that cartoon? And the little girl's in there with the sloth behind it. No! Proverbs 13, 4. Lazy. Proverbs 13, 4. Lazy people have a lottery mentality. Lazy people want much, but they give little. Those who were those who were those who work hard shall prosper. The soul of the sluggard desireth and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. And that doesn't mean gain weight. Come on, somebody. That means You'll just prosper and your soul will be full. Is this okay? Proverbs 18, 9. Write them in your, we're almost done. We're going to pray over people. Proverbs 18, 9. Lazy people are destructive. You might need to go back and get the notes and watch it again, but lazy people are destructive. Lazy people are even poor. Look at Proverbs 18, 9. He also that is slothful, he or she, in his or her work, is brother to him that's a great waster. Lazy people are wasteful people. Hundreds of verses, hundreds of verses about being lazy. And I just came, down, came up to bring up a few of them. Lazy people look for the path of least resistance. Can you handle a couple more? And then they're getting ready. Proverbs 20 and verse 4. Look at Proverbs 20 and verse 4. Go from Proverbs 18, 9 to Proverbs 20 and verse 4. Proverbs 20 and verse 4. The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore, shall he or she beg in the harvest and have nothing. Lazy people don't plow in the right season. They don't do the things that we should do in the right season. Do what you should do in the right season. Lazy people look for the path of least resistance. Lazy people look for the path of least resistance. Resistance. Proverbs 21 5. Proverbs 21 5. I'm going to pray with you guys. The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness, but of every one of them that is hasty, only to want. 
lazy people want, they want, they want. One version says they have a lottery mentality. They want to win. Thank you for starting. They want to win. They want the easy way. And statistics tell us that more than 84% of people that win the lottery are bankrupt within three to five years. Why? Because they never learned not to be lazy and how to handle money. I hope I did okay tonight. I hope you got something. I hope you got something in your spirit. Lazy people always have a reason or an excuse why they can't do something. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 26 that a lazy person says that there's a lion in the street runs to their bed, jumps under the covers, pulled the covers over their head and says, there's a lion over there. Shakes and quakes. But a person that's not lazy is not afraid of the lion. I'm looking at a church that is not afraid of what others would say. Too much. Can't do it. I'm going to run. I'm going to hide. I'm going to stick my head in the sand. I'm going to jump in my bed. I'm going to hit the snooze button. I came here to talk to somebody about not being lazy in whatever area that you're lazy in. I've won against the battle of type 2 diabetes because I'm not lazy. Orlando knew me when I had a bigger belly. I still fight. I still cheat. But no medication, nothing for six years. No medication, not one pill. I refused it because I'm not going to be lazy. I started losing weight, started riding my pedal bike round and round and round and round and round the park in Tucson. It's five miles all the way around it. I ride it 20 miles or 25 miles. And I shedded a lot of weight. I still got a ways to go. My flesh still fights it. When I see chocolate cake, like at Foodies, come on somebody. When I saw that chocolate cake, I was like, go, oh, 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 Pastor, oh, oh, come on, let's eat, come on. But that'll make my numbers go way out of the roof. And I got to be disciplined. So I stand up here with you just to bring a word with the worship team. We're going to pray over the interns. And I want to pray over you. I don't want you to come tell me where you're lazy, but where are you lazy? If your marriage is struggling, then you got to get unlazy. Communication sex and finances are the top three and sex is not the top number one of why marriages end matter of fact I just finished counseling a couple where she's like we got that that's good that's excellent well then why are you getting divorced because the way he talks to me the way he treats me with his mouth and he's lazy or it's finances, or it's sex. But those areas could be going good. But if you're not communicating, if you're not, you and I, if your marriage is failing, then you got to get unlazy. If finances are struggling, you got to go, I'm going to go to Dave Ramsey's seminar. Come on, somebody. I'm going to go, I'm going to figure this thing out. Help me balance my checkbook. I'm going to learn, I'm going to go to class, I'm going to go get a mentor, I'm going to, and pastor can't do it all. Come on, somebody. We'll, we'll kill him in Marlando for like, can you meet with me? I need a mentor. If he meets with everybody, he'll gain weight eating out. Come on, somebody. 
wings and food and pizza. You know, the best your pastor can do is you let him ride his motorcycle out there to hear God, to bring the word of God to you. Come on, somebody. When Jamie and I needed a counselor, we went, we got one, we paid the price. He has been our counselor for 28, almost 29 years. When we were in Tucson the first time, and now almost 15 years this time. His name is Dr. Chet. And when we got to get a tune-up, we go and we let him take out the wrenches and the socket drivers, and he cranks, cranks on the nut. Come on, somebody. Because sometimes, sometimes it's me, sometimes it's Jamie. Your pastor can't fix it. The wonderful counselor can. If that's that's a good right there. Come on, somebody clap and thank the Lord. About 60% of you are like, yeah. No golf claps. Come on, somebody. <laughs> good shot. Good shot. If you believe in it, then get unlazy. Well, I don't understand the word. Well, start studying. Well, my prayer life sucketh. I said it in the King James. It. Then start praying. God, I just thank Get passionate. God, get alone and just walk. God, I just thank you. I praise you. God, I need you. And I'm going to start pacing back and forth and lifting my hands and kneeling down. It's up to you. Want to know what we're going to hear? Well done. Thy, my, thy, woo, good and faithful servant. Or some are going to hear, well, you're done. Some people are going to hear, well, you're done. I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful Faithfulness takes push and pressure. Don't be lazy. I don't know how many points you got because I just ripped them out. But this church... You're all leaders. I'll go over this side. I heard about five. We're all leaders. I'll come back over here now. Come on. We're all leaders. What do you, who's going to stand there that day? Who's going to be like, Lord, they're going to see you. Pastor Tom. Pastor Tom. Woo. Pastor Tom. Yeah. You told me about better not pinch me. Todd, I'm here because of you. Jesus, I'm here because of them. Remember the old song, I'm a life that's been changed. You know that song? Who's going to be there because of you and you and you and you and you and me and you who and me who Marlando and Megan and you and Donnie and you who and me who that's who you who and me who I'm gonna start a rap song come on somebody you are their only hope Jesus inside of you and you know what when you're in line and the Holy Ghost says tell that person about Jesus Now, tell them about what Jesus did on the cross. I'm in the bank, Lord. I know you're in the bank. I own your money. Tell them about, we're in the supermarket. You've all heard it. 
You've heard the Holy Spirit say, don't do that. It won't help you. Stop sinning. Stop that sin. And we either go, what? Time out. Not now. Tell them. Do something. Do something. Stop talking about church. Stop talking about love. Stop talking about outreaches and do something. Come on, somebody. Stop talking about, I want to give. I wish I could give. I wish I could give. And I would like to give. Then stop smoking cigarettes because it's a lot of money for a whole carton of cigarettes. Stop saying you can't tithe when the movie seat gets your money. Oh, come on, somebody. And Netflix gets your stuff and the red box gets your stuff and your cigarette habit gets your stuff and you make sure you got Coca-Cola and Diet Coke and you eat where you want to eat and you get all that you want to get and we could all give if we just weren't lazy. Somebody give the Lord a big clap and a big shout. Everybody could tithe and give if we just backed off a bunch of stuff push back the plate and fast and pray. Push back the movie theater, popcorn, Cokes, pretzels, hot dog, push it back and say, not that's going to God right now. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Let's do it this way. I'm going to count to three and I want everybody in here that doesn't want to be lazy. No one's going to know why we're lazy. Get up here right now. One, two, three. Especially, especially, that's a lot. Come on, that's a lot of people need to come up here. Where's the interns? Come on, right up here at the center. Interns, pastor, I hope this is okay. We're just going to pray and and pastor and I are going to come around. If you got to go home, I get it. Maybe it's like revival a little bit tonight. Come on, like the last revival. If you got to go home, I get it. I understand. But if you want prayer, get those into I can't believe you did it with a baby. I leaned over to Shelby and passed off. She was an intern, pregnant. And they're like, yeah, she rocked it out. Go ahead, guys. Father, I come on, just lift up a hand. If you got to go home, if you got to go home, blessings, blessings. Father, I pray over people in here, which is almost everybody. We don't want to be lazy anymore. Yeah, you guys just sing. I'll just pray. Lord, I don't want to be lazy in some areas in my life. There's things I got to get done. Me, Pastor Scotty Gourlay, your son, God, I pray over those with their hands up, sitting in their chairs, or they came forward. I pray over the interns. They they were not lazy. Lord, help them not to be lazy. Go ahead, guys. Play that. Play those instruments. Help us, Lord, in our businesses. Come on. Come on. Y'all can go. I'm going to, I got a big mouth. I speak over their businesses. I speak over your education. I'm speaking to someone right now prophetically. Go back to school and get the associates, the BA, your master's degree, your doctorate degree. Come on, sing it while we pray. I pray over your marriage. No lazy spirit. 
I pray over this church. People that are working. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. I speak to some young person or a college ager. Go for it. Go for your dream. Go for it. You can make the grade. Adults, go back to school. Start that business. Clean out the garage. <laughs> Clean up that car. Help your wife. Look at all the verses on laziness and make a decision. Oh, I'm not going to be lazy. I have confidence and faith. I'm not going to be lazy. 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 Oh, when that alarm clock goes off, get up. Oh, when that alarm clock goes off, get up. I don't care if you work swing shift and weekends. Get up. Get up. Because Jesus got up. And do something. Because he did something. Come on. Yes. Yes. Leaders. You're all leaders. Do it. Do it. Do what God's put in your heart. Do it. Everything that you feel in your spirit, go for it. Do it. What you sense it. What you know, do it. Speak it to you, bro. I felt it when you were over there. Go for it. Do it. Remember when you got married? They said, will you honor and cherish? Will you? Will you? Will you? Till death do you? Will you? You would think they would answer, I will. But we don't answer, I will. We answer, I do. Because I will is in the future tense, but I do is in the present tense. Your I do pulls the future into... Your I do, like I see him do it again. Your I do love you, God. I do want to work for you, God. I do want to help the church, God. I do pulls the future into your now, not I will or I might, because I will puts it off till later. Someone on the count of three shout, I do, and they're going to start singing that again. One, come on, you guys, you ready? Two, two and a half, shout I do and mean it three. I do!